0: everybody, I'm Melissa Bonzek, and welcome to episode 86 of Books Cubed, the show where I chat with authors you should be reading. It is Thursday, January 14th, 2021, and I'm excited to bring you this week's show. I'm chatting with Daphina Daly, also known as DK Daly, to her fans. She's written a dystopian series called Golden Dreg Boy. You have to read this series if you are any any kind of dystopian fan. This is a must, so I'm going to get right to it, and I will see you after. I'm going to read her bio from um uh, Amazon. <laughs> I think of it. what do you call that thing that place you buy most of your books from? Okay, uh, Daly's journey started as a child when she began writing sci-fi short stories, a result of watching countless hours of Star Trek on a shared TV with her parents. With an inborn passion for telling stories, writing songs and poems, her hobbies erupted into a career path after she penned a play in college and then her first novel. As a writer of color living in Northern California, she's immersed in a tapestry of culture and history that have been consistently inspiring and helping her to pen numerous novels. So uh, welcome again, and the series that um, we're going to talk about today is her Golden Drag Boy series. So if you could tell people just a little bit about what that series, oh, yeah, there's the cover. If you're watching a video, there's the cover, which is, oh, hold it up one more time. The cover is gorgeous. Her cover artist deserves a round of applause. I'm, pl- I'm clapping here and probably making noise in the mic. So just tell people, mm-hmm. kind of give them the elevator pitch of what this series is about.
1: Um- well, it's a future world where there are only golden and dreg, which are poor and rich people. And so there's a huge divide in, divide in pretty much everything possible, health care, housing, um, education. Um, so 17-year-old Cade Shaw is a um, really privileged, rich, golden boy um, who likes to take risks and um, has to follow a predetermined path um, in life. And one night he gets accused of uh, falsifying his golden status which is um, in terms, it basically means you get sentenced to death. Um, So it's pretty much about him falling from grace and figuring out who he he is and where he comes from um, because he he really can't depend on his family to rescue him. Um, Some dregs rescue him and yeah goes on from there
0: (laughs) yeah and you've got a you've got a a short um clip to read from the book for everybody to give them a flavor for it so if you can go ahead and just dive into that
1: yeah okay so this is actually after the dregs rescue him from jail um so it's chapter uh 15 (laughs) so it's quite some time into the book the air conditioning permeates through the vehicle refreshing me but freedom isn't in my grasp yet, just yet. Saya maneuvers us onto the tracks with two officer bubbles in close pursuit. I press my hands to the rounded bulletproof glass roof trying to sneak a look at the action. I'm reminded of M's and how she calls bubbles marbles floating in the sky. The vehicles twirling colors and lights reflect off the glass of new buildings jutting over the, the solar tracks above city ruins. New buildings were built without demolishing the old ragged ones. The government tried to cover up their mistakes in a hurry to create more space for people fleeing their homes to live in the heart of Battle Creek. You're driving manually? I try not to freak out, but my voice cracks. No one drives manually. Saya rolls her eyes. Only Goldens let themselves be driven around trusting technology and whatnot. I move my lips, but then think better of it. I also don't want anybody hacking into the bubble, you doink. My brain's not wired to think the worst of the government. Biting my lip, I gaze up. The track tiers have two solar rails set 100 feet apart, radiating energy to all vehicles on the track. Two cop bubbles swarm behind us, matching our excessive speed. One tries to force us off the track and into the exit, but Sia teeters above the pedestrians in the same area, avoiding the bulldozing m- maneuver. They get caught behind and in between other bubbles. She speeds up, putting distance between them and us. Above us, the BART rocket train flies past at close to 200 miles per hour. I look back down so I don't get dizzy. To keep busy, I bang on the electric dashboard. Finally, the stream of the back of the bubble jolts on and a mess of black and white blurred lines covers the screen. It would help to be the navigator, but I'm losing interest in the failing technology. You're the girl from the market, the none of your business girl. You just realized that genius? Attitude tenses her voice. No, I knew the moment you took off your helmet. She rolls her eyes again. Man, I can't catch a break with this girl. She's already hates me. How did you get the bubbles? I keep talking, hoping she'll find me charming. Everyone does eventually. We stole them. Figures, I shake my head. Thanks for rescuing me, Saya. Why you're very welcome, Kay. She mocks and then concentrates on the track ahead of us. I was going to think, just shut it. I peer at her with respectful eyes. I'm safe in her beautiful and more than capable capable hands. Never mind her treating me like Shucky. She just saved my life and lost someone who she obviously loved. She looks at she looks the same as I remember. Same clothes, but cleaner. Her hair falls into her eyes, and she pushes it back, tucking longer pieces behind an ear. I'm a a total pervert drinking her in like this, but it's hard to concentrate in such close proximity. A bubble crashes into my door, startling me. The silver blue flashing lights reflect off our bubbles, dusty glass as the cops level out above another vehicle next to us. Our shakes with each movement like an olden day elevator stopping on a high floor. Normally rides are smooth, but this older model, model is unstable. I check the tracks above and below us, but don't see any laps in traffic. If science signals, our bubble will ping cars on the track, slowing them down to make room for us to enter traffic on a different track level, but we're blocked in. Hitting the electric dashboard again makes the live stream replace static. The cop bubble on, on screen is behind us for only a second before it knocks us into the vehicle ahead. With a twist of the wheel, Saya jerks our bubble. The back of my head hits the headrest and I grab and I grab the spot and grunt. Hold on, she shouts. She narrows her eyes, then moves above and to the side of the cop bubble before dipping underneath. Leveling us out on the track, she slants sideways, missing the bubble slowing down or dodging us. On the dashboard in the distance, the cops that bumped us crash into another bubble swiping below them unexpectedly. The flashing lights ricochet off the shiny trail racks and their bubble fades into the distance. Have you done this before? We get chased a lot. The dashboard reveals another cop bubble still in pursuit. A loud knocking squeaking noise invades our vehicle. We lose height under the weight of their bubble. We go down until Saya skids to the left, unable to pull out of their free, of their forced freefall, the cops drop through the set of tracks. That doesn't happen often. Moves like sighs are illegal because at any moment's notice, track tiers curve, dip, and change directions. Through the clear for- floor, the, bu- the cop bubble falls to the last few tiers and crashes on the bottom track. It hits like Humpty Dumpty falling off the wall. Crack pieces serve as relics. Saya nosedives to the track below, following its curves around old ruins. She hovers and then slips into a gap between two towering apartment buildings, buildings 50 or more stories high. Since the world quake, some towers have been built side by side into more supportive structures, but somehow a crevice big enough for a bubble to fit through exists. Did you know about this hut? Yeah, she shifts her eyes to our surroundings. A construction miscalculation. Are there any other little crannies like this? I refocus on the tracks and the bubbles flying by. This is the only one I know. We studied street maps and cased out possible routes before rescuing you. So this was planned. As soon as you were taken into custody, yes, she averts her eyes. What about hacking? The officer on the radio said you guys hacked into the system. We found a back door. She meets my eyes. What? I frown. Pike will tell you everything when you meet him. She shifts her focus back to the road. You mean if? No, I mean when. Guess I don't really have a choice. I'm a wanted criminal, and they obviously know what they're doing. If I lived in a fugit- if I lived as a fugitive on my own, I wouldn't know the first thing about surviving. Another cop bubble passes by, flashing bright searchlights fluttering above the highest track. They disappear. They disappear into a bubble cluster, like a bird assimilating into their flock. That was the last of them. I know, dummy, she rolls her eyes yet again. We waited out, five minutes, I think. We'll be good to go. Geez, you've done nothing but insult me since I met you. A spirited smile dances on the edge of my mouth. If I was easily hurt, I, this isn't the scouts. I don't have to be nice to you. Her aggravated groan, accompanied with her words, turns me on. But you had to rescue me, right? I must be pretty important, she glares. What if I throw myself out of the bubble? Go at it on my own. I touch the button door, faking as if I'll do it. She's not amused, but flinches. You'd best stay with us. She sweeps her eyes over me. You wouldn't know how to make it on your own anyway. She busies herself once more, examining a little part of the track that's visible ahead. My ego shrinks. I'm beginning to think she can't say or think anything good about me. From the little conversation we've shared, her view of Golden's is derogatory. She's been taught to believe we're good for nothing. What's that thing mom say? If you can't say anything good, say nothing at all. Sorry, I should try that mantra sometime. After about five minutes, she re-enters the track. In the stream of the bubbles rear, our bubbles surround, other bubbles surround us as the afternoon slips away, red and yellow streaks of sunset blazing into the distance. We're safe and clear now, but what could the mysterious group of rebels possibly want with me?
0: (laughs) Done, done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What could they possibly want? And I thought it was um, very exciting. You know, when I think young adult, I just I I don't actively seek out books that are written for young adult. And I know a lot of adults read young adult. Actually, I heard the other mm-hmm. day that more young adult more young adult novels are read by adults than young adults. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah I <laughs> so, think it's something like. Um women ages like 20 something to 35 or 40. It's yes. Kinda, it's kind of surprising. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was very surprising. <laughs> and uh, so when you, when you are writing these, now they're written, I'm trying to move so that you can't see my background behind me. Okay, here we go. Um, so when, I know I'm, my, my setup is still screwed up, so I'm going to try not to move. So if you're on video, you don't have to see glimpses of my very messy office behind me excuse me. So when you're writing these books, they're written for young adult, mm-hmm. you know, adults are going to read them, but you also know kids are going to read them because I sent these, I think I told you, I I, I told my sister and my nephews are um, 13 and nine. And I told her, you've got to read this book. It's so exciting. I was about mm-hmm. two chapters in maybe, and then she went ahead. I get, and I, I guess she got the books and I'm reading. And all of a sudden these starts talking about boobs and I'm like, I sent porn to my <laughs> nine-year-old nephew. And uh, <laughs> but it is it's not, it's I mean, he was okay. It, it's not, it really is not porn, you know. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I mean what non nine-year-olds think about boobs too. <laughs> they
0: do, they do. And, and, and I called her and I said, Oh my god. And she said, Oh, she said that's okay. She said, I read to them and when I see something like that, just replace it with a different word. <laughs> I said, Oh, <laughs> Yeah, that's great. So as you're writing these, what are you trying to write toward, you know, the adults that'll read or the adults and the kids? And how much does that hinder what you're going to put on the page?
1: Um, I try to write towards the kids as far as Language and maybe the situations that they'll be in, in the sense of like with Cade, all he really ever does is make out with people. <laughs> so, um, I and and YA, there's like such a huge um, scope of what you can do because there are some people that definitely have sexual situations um, more intense, but most of the time it's usually closed door. Um, I think when creating a world, I also made up my own language in the sense for my slang words. So I didn't necessarily have to cuss too much. Um, So those are the sort of things that I was keeping into mind. And then I think the themes and what he deals with definitely go all the way from teen to adult. So I never really have to worry about that sort of stuff. So it was just more I was cautious of like what's the language I'm using and I mean even now there's definitely a lot of YA that, that has cuss words in it. Um, but like I changed the sh word to shucky and I did a couple other things like zarding is one of my curse words as well. So um, I think I just write and then I go back and look at it. and try to really just think back um, can I see a teenager in this situation is this how they would really react that sort of thing so
0: yeah I really liked that you created your own curse words because it pulled me into their world I felt like I was one of them because I knew the curse words yeah you know and I, I really I really did like that I did like that so this was the first um Golden Drag Boy was the first book this is that's the name of the series right yeah so what, what was the name again of the first one the slums <gasps> the slums yes yeah. yes i'm terrible <laughs> with names so it was very good book it but i uh, it went very fast i know that you have audio now for that first one right
1: yeah i have audio for the first one and actually the first well there's two prequels so the book series technically is six books but there's four main books and two prequels one prequel is from Cade's point of view and it's um him building the skate park With his best friend Noodle or Marcus. Um, And then uh, Sayas is really before she meets Cade and all that leads up to Cade. So, in what I read, the snippet that I read, she said that they were studying it, you know, studying maps and that sort of thing. So, she obviously knew of him before she went to go rescue him with the other group. Um, So, yeah, there's six total novels, but four main novels.
0: Will there be, will there be more than four of you continuing to write in this series?
1: Yes. Um, it's called The Golden Drag World. <laughs> so um, when I was first um, beta and getting critiqued on the book, so many people were like, oh my God, this is amazing. You have to expand the world and that sort of thing. And so I was started thinking and um, there's basically right now there's four planned um series within the world it actually ends up being where this is the second to last um series within the world um so there's uh the what's it called golden drag boy and then there's golden drag quake which will handle all of what happened during the world quake and then there's golden drag army which handles all of the war part and all of this is like within the books you you hear about their whole history. Like I think even in the book one, you hear about the war and you hear about the quake, yeah. um, and then yeah. the last part of the series is Golden Dreg, uh, robot, which you know is just basically more technology. Um, so that comes after Golden Dreg, boy. And I did that was the last series that I just thought of. So that's that one's not that planned out. Um, yeah <laughs> well it felt like a very
0: realized world you know when I was reading it i could I could visualize the things I could visualize what what was being written uh uh very easily and I could see mm-hmm. so many different offshoots from these characters that you were working on now i know for for with you know twenty twenty thank God is gone <laughs> it's twenty twenty one yes yay and uh <laughs> For me, it was um, a really tough year to write. It took me yeah. like eight months to finish one book. Yeah. It was just nuts. I think it was just exhausting. The year was exhausting. How did, yeah. how did you do with writing for the year?
1: Uh, I, I, good thing that I wrote pretty much all of the books before the year even started. Um, so I had started writing this series in 2013. I would say 2012 is when I like start, had my first, like, Cade came to me. And I don't know if it was like a dream or I was daydreaming or whatever, but the character Cade came to me first. And he was writing this cool, cool skateboard, that, but it was a flying skateboard. And that's how it started. And then I started building characters in a world around him. Um, so I've been living with the characters for a very long time. Um, So by the time, I think at the end of 2019, I said I'm gonna, um, I had had um, a little bit of luck querying and a little bit of luck with, um, you know, uh, agents and uh, a couple small publishers, but they all said, like, pretty much, this is great writing, but we have enough dystopian. So I just decided, hey, I'm going to publish it on my own. So I think I made a declaration December 2019. I'm going to publish it 2020. Um, so I started writing on the last book in 2017 was when that started and I'd never finished it. So 2020 was the time I was finishing about the last fourth of the last book. Um, but even that in 2020, I didn't finish it until August. Um, and I had to keep on pushing back the date because I needed time for the editor and the copy editor and all that stuff. But yeah, that book, um, if I'm just counting 2020 time. It took me like six months to write all of maybe 100 pages, which is not a whole book. So um, it was, it's been super difficult to concentrate, I think, with everything going on. So yeah, I had a difficult time like you did. So I was just very happy that I already had all the, all the rest of the books done. So it wasn't an issue.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that's good. And you know, I, I'm glad that you didn't listen to people telling you that there's enough dystopian. You know, I used to be a literary yeah. agent and I can tell you that they don't know everything. Yeah. I'm sure there's some out there that do, but you know, it's like and especially publishing publishing houses. Oh, see, what was I reading the other day that uh that show the Queen's Gambit about the girl that plays mm-hmm. chess? Yeah. He was he was rejected by like he spent 30 years trying to bring it to the screen, and people kept telling him, No one wants to watch anything about chess. Boy, were they wrong. Yeah. You know, when you feel you've got something powerful and you have a very powerful world, and, and, and there's just so many themes in the book between rich and poor and black and white. And there's just so many themes and so much, so much richness to it that it would have been really devastating if someone had talked you out of publishing because they decided there was enough dystopian out there.
1: Yeah and I feel like a lot of people get talked out of writing things and people will put the I've, I've known people in my writing groups that you know just came back to writing after 10 years because somebody ripped apart their stuff or told them whatever but I mean luckily I, I have really good parents and people around me um, so I think I have pretty high confidence in general. And I, then with this book, um, everyone that read it said the same thing, they said it was really good. Um, and even the agents and all them, they, they said it was good. It's just, you know, we don't want dystopian. One agent told me um, that uh, I should, she said I had a couple of options. She said, you can sit on it and wait till the trend of dystopian comes back around or you can um, publish it on your own. But she said, be very um, leery about publishing it on your own because you really need to do as well as you can in order to get an agent later, basically. Um, so I keep that in the back of my mind, but um, I just, after, after, because yeah, again, I was living with this since 2013 and I, at, by, by 2019, I was like, this is just, way too long for me to be holding on to books you know and i have not just this series but tons of other series and books too so i think that had that contributed cuz they say write your first book and then keep on writing so that's what i did so i write it, i wrote this series plus other series so it just came to a point where i look around and i'm like wait i have 16 books okay i need to publish something
0: almost <laughs> oh, definitely yeah and even if you got an agent you're still going to have to do your own marketing Yeah. So why let an agent or an agent, why let your agent and a publishing house take all of your money Yeah. and you do all the work and get nothing?
1: Yeah. Well, at that point I had, I had put so much into this series that it, that was like, I wasn't going to do it. Like I came to a point, I think 2017, I was just like, well, you know what? I'm going to write this series through. And I'm not going to worry about getting, you know, getting an agent for at least this series, because I, like I had done the logos, I had done covers, which I had to change later, but um, I had just done so much work that I just was like, I'm not going to just give, you know, give them my book and then get nothing for it. So yeah.
0: And nowadays with social media and with advertising, and there's so many sites out there that uh, you can advertise through that have huge followings. Yeah. You can make, I mean, I know plenty of people who make a living, their only job is writing. Yeah. And once you have enough books out there, you totally can make a living as long as you write well. I do know some people that have lots and lots of books that are badly written. None of them have been on my show, thank goodness. <laughs> but <laughs> that are badly written and they don't make a living and it's because they're badly written. Um, but yeah. if you're a good writer like you are, you know, you just keep putting those books out there and you will connect with audiences.
1: Yeah. Thank oh, and you. they will
0: read through. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm really yeah. anxious for the audio of the next book to come out. When will the audio for book two come out?
1: So um, my, my audio person who I love, Isaac Hernandez, um, I found him on ACX, um, which is Audible's platform, Audible's platform for finding authors and getting them to narrate and go through the process. Um, so I just, w- when I knew I wanted audio, I went to ACX and I just listened to tons and tons of people. And um, I wanted a low per finished hour rate, um, because that's how much, you know, they end up charging um, in the end. Um, And so I found a newbie um, and we had to work a lot on book one to get it to where it was. Um, It took like so many months, like uh, over six months, probably. I started ahead thinking, you know, I'll start and then I'll be finished just as the books are releasing, but it took us a long time. Um, But he had a horrible 2020. Um, so he had to back out um, and I just learned that recently so I was kind of waiting for him and then he finally told me he couldn't continue on so it's really sad he did the skate park which is the prequel and he did um, the slums book one and then I have a Saya who she just finished um, the under the bridge which is her prequel so I have three pre three books out right now on audible Um, and the Next one, so book two, three, and four. We're starting fairly soon. I pretty much just need to send the new guy the script, but I had to take time to look for a new person and then negotiate and all that kind of stuff. But um, he has a little bit more experience in audiobooks. books, um, no experience within my genre, um, but he has a really good voice for Cade. So um, I'm thinking we're gonna be able to finish each book in about two months. So. I'm hoping basically by the summer all books will be released. So oh, that's my long fantastic. answer <laughs> to your question. Yeah.
0: yeah, that is fantastic. And I'm trying to think, did I listen to it on audio or did I read it? I think I went back and forth between the two. I'm
1: trying. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what you were saying. Yeah, yeah
0: I, I, I listened to, I was talking with somebody about this the other day. I listened to, I have stacks of books. And I have tons of books on my Kindle and I have tons of audiobooks and I listen to whatever I'm in the mood for. And uh, it just it goes back and forth. And I will if I'm if I'm uh, around my husband who keeps talking to me, then I'll read. And if I'm not mm-hmm. around him, then I can listen on audiobooks.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> oh gosh. So as dystopian, mm-hmm. I say I write cozy mysteries at the moment and there are certain things, there are certain points you got to hit with a cozy mystery to keep your readers happy, mm-hmm. which kind of make me a little nuts. Um, there's some things that I would like to do differently. Cause I really thought I was a mystery writer and everybody kept saying, no, you're cozy. There's no <laughs> cursing. I said, well, no, she doesn't curse. She's always in a different city. Um, but I can't remember all the little things uh, and they're all no 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 you're cozy and I thought really am I well I mean it doesn't matter I don't care Yeah. but I thought I don't want to have to be pigeonholed into something that's expected of me yeah. with dystopian do you feel like you want to stay true to the tropes that people are expecting or do you want to kind of mm-hmm. branch out and be just a little more original in what you do with your novels
1: um I think I stay true to most like, I think what what people expect with uh, YA dystopian. I think it's fast pacing um, is one of the main ones. Um, for a while, it was the whole triangle thing, um, love triangle. And that was one thing I wanted to get away from. But I mean, I guess I could argue that I, I do hit that one a little bit, but it was not purposely done. And it isn't as angsty, I don't think, as some other love triangles that are. Yeah, it's not angsty. Yeah, I was worried
0: when when he first sees her in the skate park, Saya, right? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, when he
0: first sees her in the skate park, I was worried that it would be real angsty when they. I knew they'd Mm -hmm. be meeting up again later. I mean, it wasn't. I really liked their relationship. Yeah, very much.
1: Yeah, and I think that Cade comes a long way. I think I do lose some readers because they get your their first impression and then they don't let um, the way Kate changes throughout the novel kind of affect their first impression and some people do that I think in your normal life. Um, you just you meet someone and they you start off on the wrong foot and it's nothing they can do to you know do anything to correct that. So I've I've met some readers who've talked to me about that. Um, so in general, I think I, I, I wrote K true to the guys I knew in high school and college and I played sports. Um, and so for maybe whatever reason, I got like a little different angle of guys. And then I also was one of the only girls growing up um, to a bunch of boy cousins. Um, so I was more on the boy side in the sense where I got, I heard them talk about boobs And talk about, like, you know, somebody's butt as they walked away or that sort of thing. So, you know, it's how I wrote Cade. But I think when he goes through all the things that he has to go through in life, um, he's definitely not that shallow and um, just selfish in general. And I think he does have that redeeming quality of his sister. So, uh, and his mom for that matter, he really loves his mom and his sister and he'll like fight to the death for them. Um, So I think I did touch on a few tropes here and there, but I tried to just make it original, um, the world as far as like, just, I wanted a world that I had never seen. Um, And then a world, um, I think when you deal with sci-fi, you have to ask like, what if, like for me being a black person in America, um, the healthcare system has always been a problem, access to education um, that's equal, that sort of thing. Um, that, that kind of stuff has always been an issue, um, albeit a little bit under, you know, the surface. But um, I think when, you know, even we're seeing it now, all the inefficiencies, inefficiencies we have in the world have come out like full blown during COVID. Um, We've seen a whole lot this past year. So um, there are a lot of similarities I think um, that can be drawn definitely with my novel and with COVID. And now that we're still in it come January, 2021. Um, So yeah, I think I just try to be as original as possible but I also try to satisfy the reader that is definitely expecting certain things.
0: Yeah, and um, I don't want to give anything away, but there's an overall um, theme, I think, that's probably going to run across the novels that's a nefarious plot, yeah. and when I when I got to that point, I was like, oh yes, this is yeah. so good, <laughs> so good, uh, and yeah. it's something that um, everything is wrapped up in, you know, don't be afraid to, to jump into the first book expecting it to suddenly end, and nothing's wrapped up. I mean, it, it, that's not how it works. I mean, it, it does wrap up, but you have other things that, that take over for book two. But there's yeah. that, that overall, f- that just that, that little plot um, that's going to propel across all of the books. And I yeah. really, really, I mean, it's like when I read that, I'm just like, yeah, that's great. Because <laughs> sometimes people leave that out and mm-hmm. you really need some overall. Uh, something overall that is, is it works across the whole series. Yeah. Yeah. And and as
1: I end, as I ended that um, the, let me see what the last line was for the thing that I, I don't even have my, I thought I had my bookmark still there, but um, from what I read, he basically said like, what, um, what do they have in store for me? Like why'd they rescue me? And so he's kind of grappling with that question the whole time he's there trying to figure out, okay, know, they're teaching him things, they're teaching him how to fight, Um, they're teaching him how to scavenge, it's all the things that they do to survive, um, because they definitely are a group that flies under the radar, um, and they want to based on how their world is built. Um, So he basically being with them, he starts understanding more of the hierarchies and and what's really going on in the world? Because he really was in a bubble, you know. He he thought that he was, you know. He'd give points or money, um, so he'd give points to people in the market, and you know, he he'd be nice, and so he thought, you know, well, I'm really helping, and I'm really, you know, I I know the plight of the poor, and this, and it's like he learns that he doesn't know shucky basically yeah <laughs> so that yeah, was fun writing yeah i
0: really liked his um the way his character grows and yes there are you know he, there there is that tension between the two of them and you know sometimes you meet someone and you never can warm up to them uh but i think that that he changes enough Uh, as the book goes along, that you're rooting for him because he's kind of, um, you know, he's kind of a clueless jerk. Yeah, at times. Um, But (laughs) yeah, he really I mean, all the characters and I like when when characters grow and change. I don't want to read the same thing happening to the characters in every single book. It makes me nuts. And um, they I I really like that they that they grew even just in the one book, Mm -hmm. not just him, but her also.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: and and there's plenty of characters still that are around them that I'm like, boy, I'm not sure if that person is a good person or a bad person. Do they ever turn your motives? And I'm I'm yeah. dying to read book two, and yeah. just see where this is gonna go. Uh, very. It was just. It was just great. Just um. Thank you. Drew me right in right away. Yeah, I mean, I love the book. Drew me in right away. Uh, I just I I. I I wish I could just sit and read all day long. Unfortunately, um, I don't have time to do that. And I need to, to start (laughs) getting myself to where I give myself more permission to just sit and write, you know, in the afternoons Uh, and write, excuse me, sit and read in the afternoons. Um, But I, I, uh, I I think I'm getting better. I I have terrible arthritis. So I've started dictating when I write and um, just my product, my, what I get done just has shot up amazing amounts of how much I'm getting done in just two, three hours a day. And I think I'll be able to to just give myself so much more time to get back to reading. I miss just sitting and reading a book all day long. That's all I
1: do. Yeah. I used to do that a lot. Um, Like you said before, I, um, I have a lot of auto, things on audio, and then I have a pile of books that I are at home just like staring at me, um, and then tons on my Kindle, um, but then when you're a writer, you also have to make time for writing, so it just becomes more difficult, yeah, to just do everything, and then I work full-time, um, so that, you know, throw that into the loop, um, I do have to try and maximize maximize all the time that I have, so... Yeah, I've ended up listening to a lot of audio lately just because I can't sit down with a book and read it.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I went to bed at seven o'clock last night and opened a book and read about a page and fell asleep. <laughs> it's like, yeah, <laughs> and it wasn't bad. It's a great book. I'm, I've am i been reading it very slowly because the third book in the series is coming out soon, but not soon mm-hmm. enough, you know, where you can't just jump yeah. from one to the next. So I've been kind of slowly reading a page or two at a time. but it's like, oh man, I was just so tired yesterday. We watched football all day and, and, uh, and then I guess I was tired from cheering. It was the Packers. They won. It was a great game. Um, (laughs) but, but yeah, it's just, I, I, there needs to be more hours in the day.
1: Yeah, for sure. I always say, I wish I could clone myself. I'd send her to work and I'd (laughs) I'd write
0: all day. (laughs) But you have, now you said you have, you've written like Couple dozen books. How many are out yeah. right now?
1: Um, just the Golden Drag Boy series. So I released the last, the sixth book, or really, I guess it's the fourth book um, in the Golden Drag Boy series. Um, I released that on the thirty-first of December. So I got my goal of releasing six books this past year. So I plan actually on releasing six books a year for the next three years for this series. So that would put out Golden Drag Boy golden drag quake and golden drag um army that will put out three series and then again i haven't even really plotted the fourth so i'm hope the fourth series in the world so i'm hoping that i figure something out by that time i think i should oh, yeah. um yeah. yeah
0: i think once you have that third series out you will be able to quit your day job
1: i hope so yeah that's, that's why I'm also trying to do this so quick, because I think, obviously, like you talked about the more books that you have, the more, you know, fan base that you can build as well as money you can make. So, um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Well, tell everybody how they can find you. Do you have a mailing list?
1: Um, I do have a mailing list, but I'm still figuring things out. But if you go to my website, uh, dkdaily.com, um you can get on my mailing list from my um you know from my website or if like for instance you do it and it doesn't work just email me you can email me from my website too all this tech stuff i still have to figure out like a website person um i got someone to build it and then work on it and now i have to figure out somebody needs to update it because it's not going to be me (laughs) so yes i don't know if that part is working quite but dkdaily.com for more information.
0: Okay, and your books are wide or are they just on Amazon?
1: Um, Right now they're wide. Um, I'm really thinking about KU, Um, but they would still be available in print um, at like Barnes and Nobles and I think Kobo. But right now they're um, Amazon, Kobo, Google, um, Barnes and Nobles, and I feel like it's one more. But yeah, right now they're wide.
0: Do you have your books in overdrive? Can people request them from their libraries?
1: Yeah, yeah I have them in overdrive through Amazon. So yeah, you That's can great. Yeah. Them. I
0: always remind the list. Uh, everybody listening, I always r- try to remind you often, if you download the if you have an um, iPhone and you download the L-I-B-B-Y Libby app, you can uh, input your uh, library card number. And you can get your uh, you can get the or you can ask for uh, indie authors books, the libraries, if they get enough requests, they will buy the books and they will have them available. And yes, the authors do get paid every time someone downloads one of the books from the library app. And so you get the book for free, but the author still gets paid. And it's a great way uh, to help out indie authors, get them in as many libraries as possible.
1: Yeah, for sure. (laughs) yeah
0: definitely thank you so much for coming on today i was so excited to talk to you and um (laughs) the books have been the book so i've just read the first one i'm gonna get ready to read the second one here but they've been great i highly recommend them everybody i'll link her website and you can if you uh don't buy from the river then you can go to her website and find a different place uh, that you can get her books so thank you so much for coming on today
1: yeah no problem thank you for having me
0: You will find links to everything we talked about in the show notes. If you have a comment or a book suggestion, go down there. You will see the word comment, which is pretty (laughs) self-explanatory. you click on that, it will take you over to the YouTube channel if you're not already there, and you can leave a comment. I'm also on Instagram, so you can find me under Books Cubed over there. And that's it for this time. I have got another great show for you next week. We're doing another prompt show and uh, we have a new guest uh, this time, so make sure you tune in, and uh, you will you will really like it. Those shows are always great. And uh, in the meantime, go read a good book.